Welcome back to the Across the Browns podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, and I am joined by John Kaufman at Cleveland Spider. You can see his username down below if you're on uh, watching the YouTube video. This is our second YouTube show, so if you're watching there, make sure to like and subscribe. Very I hope cool. you're able to find the playlist easy. We're still trying to figure out YouTube because that's a whole different monster. Um, and I'm at Chandler Adams, you can see below. And today is kind of part two of the episode we just released today. I was going to wait and release them back to back, but I kind of wanted to give a little bit of time for the, you know people to digest the first episode, which was offensive offseason, mm-hmm. I guess. Free agency. Talked a little bit about the draft, but more just free agency, Browns personnel, kind of where we go from there. And today we're talking about um, what the Browns need to do on the defensive side of the ball, which is... So we're actually going to be able to talk about something relevant today and not just me and John pulling <laughs> hairs like, well, we could get this fast receiver instead. And he has a .012 <laughs> faster 40 time. Um, so I'm excited for today. We had a bunch of listener questions, which was awesome. That's yeah, it's a ton. Thank you. Absolutely. It's the worst when I ask for listener questions and it's just like no activity on the tweet. I'm like, yeah, I didn't tweet that. I didn't see it. It's like it's like my mom. Just she's the only one that responds. It's just like you know what? What's your favorite type of sandwich? It's like mom, you know it's salami. Come on, stop it. Well, ask a new question, mom. Well, Mrs. Kaufman, I would say my favorite sandwich is from oh. Panini's. Hold on, and- hold on, hold on. Mrs. Fabian, Mrs. Mrs. Fabian. Fabian. Oh my gosh, Mrs. Fabian. So. I've done screwed up. And actually, up. Uh, let's toast the Fabians. They just celebrated their 29th wedding anniversary. So uh, happy anniversary. Oh my gosh. It's longer than I've been alive. It's crazy. Uh, Yeah, me too. Oh no, wait, just kidding. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my favorite sandwich is from Panini's in downtown Cleveland. So give give me some coleslaw and fries on my, on my corned beef, but that sandwich on the planet. Oh, so good. Anyway, for sure. (laughs) John, how are you doing? I didn't mean to derail it. No, you're (laughs) good. I'm doing really well. Good. Um, the uh what's called the uh the offense uh free agency pod show youtube show that we did was fun uh for sure but you know this is obviously it feels like the draft could be very defense defensive focused um and free agency as well so this felt like you know like you said the offense one was fun to talk about but it didn't you know there wasn't much of a deep dive into it because it doesn't feel maybe receivers a position they're gonna have to try to figure out a little bit and you know um I mean, tight end is always a focus for Kevin Stefanski, of course, and they do have a, a bunch of, you know, good, good players and obviously just spent money on Austin Hooper last year. But but yeah, but the the defensive one, I mean, this was uh, and, and just crazy. The number of like safety, like the Browns really need safeties and the number of safeties available. It just feels like there's like 10 that are like really good that are going to be free agents. So exciting year for sure uh, for free agency and a chance for them to, you know, take the next step forward. Maybe this is. You know, I mean, you with a team that was so hurt and couldn't stop anybody on defense all year, you won a playoff game on the road, got to the divisional round. So, I mean, you add a couple, you know, get healthy in the defensive secondary and then add a couple names and hopefully a linebacker as well. But uh, but yeah, you could really turn things around. So this is definitely exciting. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this today for sure. Yeah, I am ready to get right into it. And let me pull up the listener questions. Um, we're going to build this show off of the listener questions. Usually we kind of have a, a rough outline and for John and I, an outline for our podcast is like five minutes before. Hey, so, uh, how are we going to do this? (laughs) 
with zero script, <laughs> which is the way we. That's my favorite way. No editing, just talking. It's yeah. makes it much more human and personable. But you um, don't want us to. You don't want us to read shit to you guys. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not a good. I can barely so. read. So. Um, <laughs> hi, my dog just opened up the door. So, um, our first listener question that we're gonna go off of is from. D will 15 you can find it at d w i l underscore 15 um great follow he's hilarious not a delusional browns fan which you know it's rare to come by and when you find him you got to follow him you got to keep up with him so all right what position group should a b prioritize more the d line or the secondary and John, I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about this first. And then if I have anything else to say, I'll add on at the end, but I'm, I'll let you go. So the instinct is to say the secondary, um, just because of, you know, the injuries from last year, uh, you know, Delpit, obviously greedy Williams, uh, you know, Ward has had a bit of a spotty injury, spotty injury history. Um, but I, I just, you know, we've talked about it before and specifically you've mentioned before about how, you know, coverage is nowhere near as like consistent year to year as like a pass rush is. And I was like, the answer has got to be the defensive line for me. Um, because I think we, we got to see almost all year, like what, what is the, what does that line look like when it's just miles Garrett, right? When they're not, he's not really getting any consistency or help from anybody else. Um, as soon as Garrett got COVID and missed the game or two, whatever he missed, and then came back, that's when Vernon just turned it on and went crazy. And the two of them, you know, that 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 bookends, those bookends at the ends there, um, I mean, it just, you know, it changed the defense. They completely turned things around. And then suddenly, you know, there's more uh, of a focus for the offensive line, the, oppo- the opposing offensive line to deal with two, not only, you know, Garrett and Vernon, but then okay, well, if you're focused on them, you know, you've also got to worry about, you know, Richardson or Ogunjobi or whoever's playing the inside positions too. Um, Cause they, you know, if you've got a double or chip on the edges, then you got to deal with, you know, one-on-one stuff in the middle. And if those guys start winning, you know, I mean, we saw quite a few games towards the end of the year with Vernon having, you know, stellar games, Richardson did the same thing. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the, the priority um, and I guess what I'll say, the final thing I'll say is the priority should probably be the D line in the draft um, because there seems to be like a ton more secondary players available in free agency. So maybe they hit free agency and pick up a safety or, you know, another corner or both. And then they go, okay, now we can deal with linebacker and D line, you know, once we get to the draft. So, but, but I would say if, you know, if, if you could only do one thing, I would say D line, because I think if you can get better there, you can patch it up in the secondary but if you focus on the secondary and you have this lockdown, you know, four or five guys that you really trust, but you can't get to the quarterback, it just doesn't, you know, it might not matter. So, yeah, that's so I actually disagree with you on one part, but I, but then you finished it in a way that I agreed. You said you should finish on the D line and the draft. And I actually thought the opposite, but your reasoning was solid. Your reasoning was 100 okay. percent. And I also think that Aleem McNeil needs to be, you know, a high, a high priority on their draft target. So I don't disagree there, but so I, I've you, I'm using the bucks as an example here 
One, because they just won the Super Bowl, obviously. But two, because they've yeah. been one of the best defenses the last two years. Not very... Actually, I would say, other than the Patriots, almost never does a defense repeat at this level. Uh, it just does. It just doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. they... They don't spend their draft picks on defensive line. Like they have, they got Vita Vey in the first round, obviously, and Vita Vey is obviously a very integral part of that run defense. But they still win the Super Bowl without Vita Vey. You know, it's the it was for them. It's the exterior pass rush, but also you have Nantomic and Sue who kind of still has that name recognition. So he might get you know maybe shadowed a few times here and there. But he's Nantomic and Sue and Vita Vey were not the not the lifeline of that defense at all so Mm. my big thing with the bucks the last few years is the amount of draft capital they've spent on mid to higher but like mid to early you know second round picks on defensive backs and they have just you know i've read articles about it like they're just throwing just throwing i don't know something on the wall what gum throwing gum at the wall waiting for it to stick i don't know what's the expression i don't don't know but they're throwing they're just throwing draft picks at these defensive backs hoping that they find one that or find a couple that are playable with an uh, i mean they had a great pass rush shaq barrett was phenomenal um yeah obviously they were helped out by having two of the better linebackers in the entire nfl which there are only this is not exaggerating. There are only six good linebackers in the NFL right now. Six. <laughs> and they have two of them. And yeah. Maybe Devontae seven Davis, if you yeah. if you count Something Roquan else. Smith and like kind of what he might be. So seven maybe good linebackers. But yeah, anyway. He's on his he's on his way. You can count him. He's on right. his way. And Bobby Wagner's still number one. So um <laughs> I'm stuck in twenty fifteen. Fred Warner. Fred Warner. <laughs> Fred Warner's freaking amazing. Demario Davis. Yeah. Oh god. So yeah, there's some there's the, the the elite ones are very elite. Let's put it that way. Right there. The, and the Bucks have spent um, last year's draft. They spent a second round pick on Antoine Winfield Jr. Obviously, he won PFF's most um, rookie defensive player of the year. Second round pick like that. That's obviously a very high draft pick. But also, um, you know, they didn't have to go out and get him in the first. Uh, mm-hmm. But 2019. Sean Murphy bunting in the second round, which was a reach by some because he played in the Mac. But I mean, this is like one of those guys that can ball. He can just play, and he's he tested extremely well, which was phenomenal for him. And they went and got Jamal Dean, who tested extremely well, but did not play well. He had he was huge. He's fast. Played in the SEC, but he didn't like you know he didn't play as well as someone like Sean Murphy bunting. But they went and got mm-hmm. two cornerbacks back to back that were really fast. So they obviously prioritized speed right there with their corners. Then you go to 2018. They drafted MJ Stewart, who obviously, uh, and Carlton Davis, who Carlton Davis is still playing for the Bucks. And MJ Stewart played in the playoffs. Does he play in a normal year? Probably not. But <laughs> man got an interception in the playoffs. So who am I to say anything? <laughs> um, so they got two there, and then you go back, and they just you see that they're picking the last three or four years a lot in the middle of the draft for defensive backs, and I think that is a really good way to attack the issues in the 
like uh and the defense because as John said I'm huge on um coverage is not as reliable year to year as someone like Shaq Barrett is or Miles Garrett is I I mean you can outside of Jalen Ramsey go find the list of cornerbacks that have been paid big money and then performed at an extremely high clip it's not it's not a long list I, I can tell you that so it's it's about right. as long of a list as Brown's playoff wins since 1990 but (laughs) (laughs) so that's my that's i kind of think like if if you're gonna address one in the draft maybe cornerback obviously i there's so many ways it could go i I think john would agree what they do is gonna ultimately just be determined by how the draft falls that's how a good team does it that's how a smart team does it we're just giving kind of like very vanilla answers. This is how we think we should do it. This is how we think they should do it. But my other reasoning for that is because you can go out and pay a pass rush guy and they seem to perform the same. Like there's not a big dip in numbers. And there's mm-hmm. specifically a guy I think fits the Browns absolutely perfectly. So that might be like also part of my reasoning there. But if that made any okay. sense, I know I rambled there, people. That's how I would attack that. So. It's yeah. kind of nice that we didn't agree on that, but both kind of came to like a somewhat similar reasoning as to why we were doing yeah. stuff. And for everybody, like for those of you watching, listening, like please also know that once we, you know, start to get into um, the uh, the prospects, you know, all the the players that are coming into the NFL, obviously, like you know, we're gonna get you're gonna get more finite answers, uh, you know, and right. definite answers, I should say. With regards yeah. to a lot of the draft pick stuff. So free agency we can talk about now because we know who's available and things like that. And then obviously we'll start to dive into um, the, uh, you know, the college prospects and stuff like that. We um, we did that last year, of course, if you you know go through the scroll through the pods uh, early on. It was all the position groups, you know, talking about all the quarterbacks that were eligible, you know, in the draft and, uh, you know, O-line, interior, outside. We did, you know, we did everything. So that'll happen again uh, once we get into that. You know, we'll start to get more definite answers uh, for things like this. But, yeah, so for now it's free agency focused. But, of course, it'll get more, um, you know, we'll get more in depth as we move through the process. Yeah, and I think just from a very bare point of view, I have not looked into the defensive line outside of a few defensive tackles because I think interior pass rush is needs to be a point of em- emphasis mm-hmm. for the Browns, particularly if they can't go out and get another elite defensive end. But so go ahead, like just as a and, and you nailed it, like and this kills me, like it isn't it so funny how like we, you know, two weeks before the Super Bowl, all we heard was, you know, uh, the last time. Uh, so Spagnola, you know, he's one of the few coordinators that has had success against Tom Brady. Uh, you know, he orchestrated the, one of the Giants Super Bowls. He was the, you know, the coordinator for that defense um, uh, when they beat New England, obviously. And, you know, the thing we always hear is. Hey, you know, um, you know, uh, Brady uh, hates it when the pressure comes, you know, from the middle, like right in front of his face. Right. You, you, Brady gets pressure on the edges and he's so silky smooth and stepping up in the pocket. No problem. Like he can avoid that. That's no big deal. But when you get pressure in front of his face, you know, that's a huge problem. Right. And then you start hearing them talk about other quarterback. Yeah, they don't you know, they don't do so well with pressure in their face, pressure in their face. And you just hear this constantly. And it's like, why are we not? Why is every like Aaron Donald should be the priority, right? Like for every single team, the most important thing you could ever have on on defense instead of an edge rusher is a guy that can do what like Donald does. 
that can play the run but also can generate a pass rush from inside. Right. And, like, I just have a feeling, like, in eight years, you're going to see, like, not Aaron Donald special, but you're going to have, like, half the teams in the league are going to pre- – like, that's going to be the money position. The pay is going to be the guy that yeah. can provide pressure from the middle where it bugs – Every quarterback like you can't you know, what I mean, nobody can get away with that. Like it, every quarterback is bad with pressure in their face when it comes from the middle. So it'd just be yeah. funny if. But anyways, I just thought it was funny because I keep hearing this and it's like, why, why, are, why are coaches not like prioritizing that in front offices? Like, how are they not trying to find those guys or even in college, like take a guy that could be an edge rusher and move him into like a three technique spot and be like, look, if you learn to rush from here and you're really successful at it. Like there's nothing, you know, a, you're going to play forever and B, no one can stop you. Yep. So So that John, we're just going to go right into Norman's question. What can AB do to finally get MG some help, some actual help along the defensive line? And I think this is the answer. It's another, let me back up what John just said. Everything was absolutely right. The other way to get this and the easier way right now, because finding these interior defensive pass rushers, because, in eight years, kids are going to grow up. They were watching Aaron Donald. They weren't watching, you know, um, I, I just, I, why did I just, oh, they weren't watching, I was going to say Jared Allen. Like, they're not growing up watching these um, mm-hmm. edge rushers that are just absolutely dominating in the NFL. They're watching Aaron Donald, who's been the best defensive player. He's arguably been the best NFL player. I, he's just been the best player God, what I'm about to say something really stupid. He he very well might be the best player to ever play football. He's revolutionary. He's absolutely changed the game. He's never had a not like he's never even had an a good year. He's been right. extremely elite. Yeah. Every year. Like he's never even had a slight dip. So I think that what John said is getting interior pass rush is obviously priority number one. That's why I loved Jordan Elliott signing. That's why I really want Aleem mm-hmm. McNeil. These are two guys that are extremely fast off the line. They don't stuff the run. They're, they can hold their gap, but they're not going to stuff the run. Um, obviously, with Elliott, it, we just didn't get to see enough reps, so we don't know what you know was limiting him. But he was, he was exactly what you at least need out of a third-round pick in the sna- in the limited snaps he did play. Now the question is, can he excel there? Mm. I, th- I think he can, obviously, but that's, you know, bias. But Aleem McNeil, so talking about, you know, are you going to do it in the draft? Are you going to do it um, through free agency? Aleem McNeil is that same type of guy, but he's heavier than Jordan Elliott by, I think, about 20 pounds. He's just as fast. Only problem is he's only got one move. It's... All he can do is chart. All he can do is bull rush right now. So, mm-hmm. can he learn that other move? He's playing at NC State. You know, they're not there to develop NFL players specifically to develop NFL players like some place like Ohio State is or Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. And before I let John talk about this, this is what needs to happen for the Browns. I I I, I know the last. Since the Browns have started in 1968, all the all the Browns fans on Twitter in 1968, you know, going crazy saying we need that we need we need to get Jim Brown help. No, I'm just kidding. But since Browns Twitter has started, every offseason, John, what happens? We need to go get this superstar. We need to go get mm. this big name player. Right. And I hate that. 
But yep. there is a big-name player that if the stars align and the Broncos do cut him, which it would be silly of them not to, it'd be silly of him to play if they didn't, I would sit and say, freaking trade me. I'm not going to play. I don't care. I don't. I gave my heart and soul to this franchise. They treated me well. We made a few good, great runs. They should respect <laughs> the fact that they should let him go. Like it's just that simple. Elway should respect that he should be able to go. Whatever. Von Miller, his spot track expected uh, market value, which is a calculation of age, um, stats over the last few years. It doesn't take in name recognition or kind of what you did. You know, maybe four or five years ago, it's twelve million dollars for Von Miller, I believe, eleven to twelve million dollars. He's going to get probably more than that. Browns don't have Olivier Vernon's cap anymore, and a lot of people hate to hear this, but like Sheldon Richardson is very cuttable. I, I know he's been playing good; he's been playing really good for a defensive tackle. But Von, what mm-hmm. Von Miller can bring you for three million dollars more, probably you can sign Von Miller to fifteen million. I would, I definitely think he would. Oh, let me let me repeat that. Let me rephrase that. If Von Miller is willing to come play in Cleveland for his ex-defensive coordinator, who he had 24, sack, 24 and a half sacks under in two years, to play alongside one of the two best young, talented edge rushers in the NFL, along like Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt, they're just absolutely special. You get to mm-hmm. play in an up-and-coming team. You get to be one of the veteran leaders on that team. It's a really, really intriguing pitch. It's not the usual, well, we can pay you the most, but we don't know who the quarterback right. is yet. We might send out the water boy. This is an actual pitch. <laughs> you can actually sit down. And I'll say it again. I think I said this on last week's show. Having a young black GM is is great for so many reasons. One, it, it's, an, it's an absolute catastrophe that the entire, like, NFL is ran by white people. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And luckily, like Bruce Arians, what we saw, like females, black coaches, is great. You, like that was absolutely great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know why Todd Bowles was fired for Adam Gase. Your guess is probably right, but <laughs> having Andrew Barry does help in those negotiations. I and I don't I don't know if that sounds crude. It's not meant to be crude, but I just like if you come in a room and you're more comfortable with the person you're talking with, you're more likely to yeah. say, "Yeah, I'll do that." So it's it's just like all these little things that go into it, but obviously the biggest one is still like is are the New York Jets going to offer him 20 million dollars, you know, even though Von Miller's probably right. not worth that. But then I don't know Von Miller. John doesn't know Von Miller. Does he want to win again? Like, does he want to try to win again, or does he want to go out making money? It seems yeah. like he's the type that wants to win, right? So, right. All those and things. I, I, I would have go to ahead. Imagine that being paired with. Sorry, just real quick. I have to no, imagine that ahead. being paired with a guy like like the appeal. Of, I would think if I'm Von Miller, like if you're saying, "Hey, you want to play for the Browns?" It's like, well, yeah, because now I don't. Miles Garrett's the guy. Like he, you know what I mean? Like. I can be like the Olivier Vernon, the second fiddle and, and, you know, it still have a career year or, a, you know, a semi-career year for Von, you know, for most people, Von Miller's career year is ridiculous, obviously, but, and he only has really to get 19 half sacks. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's all. It's just, you know, a couple shy of the record. Um, but yeah, like, you know, playing opposite a guy like Garrett, like you just, the focus isn't on you anymore. Like you don't, you know what I mean? You're not gonna, it's, you're not the double team guy, you know, for certain game plans. You're not like the, you know, um, you know, the, the entire focus. So that it could be a lot of fun to play on a team like that where you're like, yeah, this is great. I'm, I'd love to play, you know, be mm-hmm. the second best lineman on my own team. That'd be, you know, like something Von Miller's never done before. So maybe that has a bit of an influence. That'd right. be pretty cool. And to go back to a team with stability and it's a fun locker room, it's an extremely young team. So being able to be with, and, and the most popular player in the NFL is on the offensive side, OBJ, like, you know, whether mm-hmm. Von Miller enjoys that or not, like I mean, OBJ is the most famous, most globally famous player, football player in the world right now. It'll probably be Patrick right. Mahomes soon. Eh, it will never be Patrick Mahomes because he just doesn't fit the role that like kids in Europe want to be like. Oh, he looks cool. He has this kind of fashion. So um, all these things, like it's it's crazy how we're talking like all these little things about like oh yeah, we have the most famous wide receiver globally ever we he's the most famous nfl player globally ever and like we have him on our team we can use that as a pitch we have the first or second best edge rusher in the nfl Mm -hmm. it's absolutely absurd so this is no longer a go get the biggest name and hope they can help you pitch i will say this yep going and getting jj watt doesn't help you it's null he's injury risk is definitely there but that's not even why like I'm willing to take injury risk on J.J. Watt. When he's healthy, he's he's absolutely incredible. And he does exactly yeah. what Miles isn't proficient at, which is like it's a perfect combination. You know, J.J. Watt's not going to bend you over the edge. He's going to absolutely just manhandle you. And he can just he can stuff the run like a defensive tackle outside on the edge. Mm-hmm. But they would be a perfect fitting. I absolutely do believe that. I really do believe that. You're going to have to trade... Like it's not you're not gonna get JJ Watt for a third or fourth round pick. I've been seeing stuff like that. Like he's probably gonna bring in a first round pick if he gets traded. I know that sounds yeah. crazy. No, but it, he won't. He, he's just, he won't go for a first. He's but, at the second to third gonna, most coveted position. Like right. a New York Jets, like if the New York Jets come calling, the Houston's gonna be like, we want a twenty twenty two first or something like that. And like these teams will pay for that. So you know, or do the Jets just say like, "Hey, here's here's two first this year. Here's f- next four first. Give us Watson and Watt. Like, that's a possibility. It's a real thing that might happen." I was just thinking the the Rams will call and be like, "You know what? We don't have, we don't have a first round pick for another decade. Screw it. We'll give you the whatever one the next one is that we actually have. You can have that one. We'll take well, LA Clip so LA Clippers just- of the <laughs> NFL. So I yeah, I, they're like they're not picking." <laughs> I a decade. I don't love JJ Watt in this scenario, and um, mm-hmm. Von Miller contract wise, it fits in. I know people are freaking out about the Browns cap because, like, on paper right now, it says they have like I think twenty million or something like that. It's not like the, the cap's like the economy; it's fake. Okay, the Saints have been a hundred million dollars over the cap for the last ten years. Um. He, it's it's absolutely doable to get Von Miller on this team. There are so many contracts mm-hmm. that will be restructured. And, I mean, just, I'm going to be brutally honest right here. This offensive line is not going to be the same in 2022. Like, this season, they'll probably still be the same. After that, 
Teller's either like they're either going to get rid of Teller, Betonio, Treader. Uh, you can't pay your offensive line. You just absolutely can't. You have to have a good culture, keep pieces around, build with young people like Wills and Teller. That's Teller's getting paid two million dollars right now. That's how you build an offensive line in the NFL. You can't pay all guy, all your guys eight to ten million. It's just not doable. Right. So, I think that's how I would go. Uh, that's how I would go about getting help for. Um, Miles Garrett on the line. There's not very many interior pass rushers on the market outside of like Shelby Harris and those kind of players. But that's Sheldon Richardson's given you somewhat equal numbers to that. Like there, Shelby Harris isn't going to come in and wow you that much more than Sheldon Richardson already is. So, John, about, what do you? How about Leonard Williams? How much is he going to cost though? That's my only concern because he's he'll cost he'll cost a decent amount. I know. I I love yep. Leonard Williams and I like the fact that he's like he's so mo- he's like he's what you want. He's obviously not built like Aaron Donald because Leonard Williams is a just a barrel walking around, but he's super mm-hmm. like nimble, he's quick, strong with his hands. Like Leonard Williams is a very good player who just happened to have got drafted by who did he get drafted by the Jets and traded the, the Giants or backwards? Okay. Yep. Even worse. Nope. You got it. You got so, it. So Quinn and Williams 2.0, extremely great player who just got put into a really crappy situation. Yep. I really like yeah. Leonard Williams, though. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, as far as targets go, because like you said, if you're going to, you know, um, you're going to shed Vernon, you're going to shed Richardson, you're going to, you know, there's going to be guys that you're going to, you know, just shed from the cap. So, um, so if, um, if the plan is to build through the draft as far as like, you know, dealing with linebacker and, and the secondary, um, you know, and like I said, and we'll talk about the safeties that are available for sure. It's, you know, a little bit later on, but, um, but like Williams would be one of the guys where, you know, and, and you're not going to break the bank or anything like that. Like this isn't going to be, you know, some Albert Hainsworth signing or anything, but, um, but if you're thinking, you know, Hey, like, uh, you know, maybe we, we can get Von Miller on a, on a, on a decent deal, you know, to play the uh, opposite end from Garrett, then maybe Williams is a possibility. Maybe that's somebody that you can throw a little bit of money at and say, you know, look, we just need, we need somebody um, to play the, you know, to be on the inside and to be as uh, impactful and as effective um, as Garrett, you know, can be on the outside uh, or Miller on the opposite side. So um, if it's not Williams, then yeah, I mean, there, there's probably, you know, and you could go through the list and find, you know, five or six guys that you could, you know, uh, pluck out, um, you know, that are just going to be kind of fill in guys and then, and then deal with some of it in the draft as well. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll say is that don't, you know, let's not forget that, you know, we're going to get, um, uh, why am I blanking billups? Um, billings, billings. Thank you. Uh, I I was thinking Chauncey billups. Why did I just think that? (laughs) Um, but yeah, stupid. Um, but yeah, so you're going to get Andrew billings back, you know, because he opted out last year. So, you know, you you might be even better off than you think you are, um, and maybe that's maybe that's really the bottom line. Maybe if you know Andrew Barry sitting around going, "Look, we're, we're going to get Billings back. We're fine. Like let's let's deal with the opposite end, you know, Von Miller or whatever it happens to be, um, and then you know we can uh, sign a safety and then focus on DBs and linebacker in the draft. And you know, obviously though, I'm sure they'll draft a D lineman as well, but just just for the depth of it. But um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's not Leonard Williams, then, you know, you've got some options and, and maybe they don't even need him because, you know, Billings is, is back and they're thrilled with that. So, 
it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how they proceed with it for sure. I think the the more interesting conversation with uh, the linemen for the Browns is who they end up like walking away from. I think that'll be that might be the most telling part of this whole entire equation is seeing you know what they do. Like Vernon feels a hundred percent for sure. Um, Richardson feels pretty pretty certain 80 90 percent for sure so um if it's both of them you know then you sit around going well you know elliot and and you know maybe and oh and ogan joby too maybe they you know that he feels like 100 percent certain they're not gonna you know resign him um and if that's the case then maybe yeah depth is a concern maybe williams uh the reg- whether you have billings or not you're just like look we want williams as well and you know if they play the same position or or we could figure out how to use them differently or what have you um, you know, that can, that can be a part of it down the road, but at some point you just need depth, obviously. And especially at such an important position, like, uh, you know, the front, uh, front four for that defense. So, um, but yeah, so I guess we'll see, we'll see how they handle it. But, um, like I said, I think the, the people, the players they shed will be the most telling part of this equation. Yeah, I completely agree. And Billings is a great, that's an absolutely great point that I just completely forgot to bring up. I, I definitely I didn't forget about it too. Just the whole opt out, I just like it's you know, it's just like wow, I just crazy. And I can't remember if I said this last time, but uh, like, do you do you think he like around October, November, he was just kicking himself, yep. going, "Son of a bitch, I should not have opted out this year. Yep. That was ridiculous." So yeah, absolutely, yeah, I agree. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have been that push that could have helped us get past the Chiefs or whatnot. But then, like, so many what ifs. What if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get her? What if? Uh, what if? first snap of the Steelers game doesn't go over Ben's head <laughs> like so many what right. ifs but um sure um and I don't think we said but that that last question was from Norman Kuju- Kuju- Kujawa it's uh he's at NJ Kujawa that's K-U-J-A-W-A-3 on Twitter so definitely give him a follow because uh great question Norman thank you very much for that, that was I know really that's cool. not his real name I can't think of his real name yeah I know that's like okay. his um so. Do you have? Do we have a social. We have. We probably have a social security. We'll post that on the. Yeah, we'll post your social uh, security. In the description, the link. The link will be in the yep. description. His so debit card number as well. That, so. Routing number. Yeah. Bank of America. Um, so Ooh, you can pull all nice. that out. Nice. Um. <laughs> so. All right. What do we got next? with that? Uh, <laughs> next, we got. <laughs> who are we gonna scam next? Oh, but our next question. <laughs> uh, the way we kind of set this thing up is we're just going to talk about each position the questions lined up perfectly for that damon richardson it's at day underscore rich 44 absolutely great question how is the progress of greedy and grant going i feel like some people ask how is the process of greedy going how is the process of grant going when you know it's like it's pretty cool too because they went to school together and now you know maybe we'll get to see them come back together i don't know but he also asked, do we draft a linebacker edge or cornerback first? Um, mm-hmm. So I've been on record on Twitter as saying it in a pretty uh, rude way that there's no way the Browns draft linebacker in the first round. And I just started to realize, like, I still don't think with all my being that they're going to draft a linebacker in the first round. But, like, we don't ever know. So I should stop saying it so matter-of-factly. But the way that they value linebackers definitely leads to us believing they're not going to draft a linebacker first. But yeah, the more I watched that Tampa Bay game, if I can't pronounce his name, if the kid from Notre Dame is there, 
they have to consider it. I, oh, I don't yeah. know that they... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think it would be good long term. But does it help you with your push right now? I think it might. I it, If he translates, he's small. He's not Devin White. This kid's not. He's 20 pounds lighter than Devin White. 20 pounds if this yeah. if he went in. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I need to pull up his initials. Um, I think it's like <laughs> KOJ. But if he ate 20 cheeseburgers before the game, he might weigh 20 pounds less than Devin White. Devin White's an anomaly. He's just, I mean, absolute freak of nature. Yeah. I don't think they'll draft a linebacker in the first round, but if he's available, I'm not going to say they won't flirt with the idea. You know, and they're definitely going to go in. John, tell me if you agree with this. I would say they go into the draft process very interested in him because he's going to be floating around that 26 area. And if you can trade back two spots and pick up an extra third round pick, that's how a smart team operates. That's what they're going to do. They're going to be interested in every single player. There's not going to be a single leak out of that camp about what position they're targeting. Every player that's good is on their radar, even if it's Kyle Trask. So I think that's a great question. And if it's between linebacker, edge, or cornerback first, just with how I'm seeing mock drafts play out, how I'm seeing just the talent that's allocated throughout this draft, I would would feel safest putting the most money on a cornerback you're gonna have i would even throw safety into that mix i know grant's coming back for sure um you know someone who i really love and it's in you can find it in my um the article that i wrote on atbsports.net um part one of the draft is out i haven't put out part two yet i'm kind of waiting um I just really like it, and I don't want to post them both so, so close back to back. I know it's been a week now, but I I, I need to post it. But our Darius Washington was not in Mel Kuyper's top ten. I understand that the kid, and I say kid because he literally weighs like a buck seven, like he weighs about as much as my dog. Mm. But <laughs> what was the knock on Tyron? Is it isn't it just pronounced Matthew? But everyone says Matthew. It's just Matthew, right? Ma- Matthew, correct. That's what Matthew. I thought. Yep, Tyron Matthew. One of the announcers or Sports Center analysts said, I don't know what they said, but it wasn't Matthew. Tyron Matthew <laughs> was, he's small. Well, it just so happens that a pretty dang good coach took a shot on him. <laughs> so, okay. good coaches, like, I mean, I guess I'm just putting things in my head but i would assume time frame in my head bruce arians was the coach of the cardinals when he was drafted i guess i'm not 100 percent sure on that i should probably fact check myself but my point about Ardarius washington is he's exactly what the browns need right now he gets in he can he can play inside the box he can play inside the slot and he can play back covering either half of the field he's he's great in coverage i don't have the stats pulled up in front of me but it's on our website he his coverage grades you would think he was an elite outside cornerback. If I just pulled up those stats for you, you would think this this kid's first-round cornerback talent. I know he's small. I just really like the fit alongside Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit, who are both really big safeties. I love the fit of having a shifty guy in the back, Honey Badger-esque. Like, there are a lot of bad comps in sports. That's a comp. So I really like that one too at safety. I I definitely don't think he'll go at 26 because he weighs 170 some pounds. 
Mm-hmm. But I think in the first round, I like defensive back. I really like Asante Samuel. And as far as Greedy and Grant, Greedy tweeted the other day that, you know, something about, you know, this third season coming back. There have been reports from, I think, Higgins posted something, some kind of cryptic thing. But apparently, like, Greedy could, just couldn't feel his arm. He had a nerve, pinched nerve. He couldn't feel his arm. So, right. If he's able to get feeling back, I know he had a bad first season. He was playing a lot of heavy zone. He's a man corner. I don't want to hear. He should be able to do both. Yeah, every corner should be able to do both, but there's about five in the NFL that can do both at an elite level. So, as a 21-year-old kid who had only ever played man, press man coverage, he was only playing press man coverage, that you can't just throw him into his zone with a bad defense around him as well so i really am hopeful for greedy and above all else just hope he like just feels normal again like that's just terrible and as far as delpit goes i mean delpit was i still think the best safety drafted last year um can he come back from this completely healthy yeah. i think so i mean look at kevin durant kevin durant's a full 10 years older a full foot taller <laughs> um has how many more miles on those ankles, Achilles tendon, ankle area? So I yep. really think I I hundred I honestly think Grant Delpit will come back and maybe not look perfect right away, but this is not an injury that's going to hamper him long term if he takes care of it the right way. It's just not yep. anymore in today's day and age. So Damon, I know I answered all your questions, but it was really sporadically. So in short, Greedy and Grant look like they're coming back well. I would say mm-hmm. Greedy should be back normal. Like if if he's healthy, it's not like he has to wait a couple weeks and get get all that. If there's a normal right. off season, I would say Grant Delpit's chance of returning in week one are a lot better than if there isn't a preseason, if there isn't OTAs, if there isn't contact practice before the season starts. Like all those things. If none of those things happen, it was a weird off season like this year. I would say you don't see him till midway through the year. No reason to rush back an injury like that. So. John, I'll let you talk since I just talked for about an hour. <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, the you know the greedy Delpit thing. We, you know, uh, like um, everything we've seen, read, you know, anything on Twitter. Uh, I was looking at the orange and brown report. Um, you know, it, it progress seems to be going well. I, I mean, I don't unless there's something, some disastrous setback happened. I don't think we'd really know. I don't think we, you know, we're not going to be. They're not going to you know, release any information like, oh yeah, Delpit's really, you know, he's, he's not really, his rehab sucks or he's not really doing well, or it's, you know, his the progress isn't going like, I just, I think you get like the toe the line answers, just the, yeah. the standard stuff for a while, but he's priority um, fully healthy, but, but they just won't tell us. <laughs> um, shit, it could be with medicine nowadays, my God. Um, so this is another, uh, situation where free agency is really going to reveal, um, Delpit and greedy like their health, right? Yep. Like oh, if, good point. You know, if if you walk out of free agency and they sign like two safeties in a corner, or two corner, you know what I mean? You're going to be like, okay, they they are really nervous about Delpit and, and greedy. Yeah. Um, if they focus on D line or linebacker, and you know what I mean, they barely, they maybe they pick up one safety and that's about it, and um, you know, a, a, like a slot corner, some kind of you know depth guy, like like Nickel Roby Coleman last year, where you're like. This guy's available a week and a half into free agency. This isn't, you know, a starter. You're just. You I know, think he's going to sign back for another vet minimum too. Just, I mean, I, 
There's one of them last year. There's so. three or four that slot cornerbacks great. that'll get signed for under five million that are good. Go on. Sorry, I'm yeah. trying not to interrupt. No, it's your, you're good. You're good, man. And and you're right. That's uh, that's a good point too. Um, those guys are so cheap. And when they and when you get a good one, it's like hold on for dear life because that's such an important position, obviously nowadays. Um, but. So that'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, how they handle free agency. That's probably going to tell us the majority of, you know, what they think about, uh, you know, Delpit and Greedy's progress as far as their injuries go. Um, as far as the draft goes, I so 26, you know, the 26 spot in the draft. Um, and I didn't say this before, but Damon, great question, by the way. This was an awesome one. Um, so. Like last year, you know, we saw what Patrick Queen go towards the end of the round. Um, Kenneth Murray went towards the you know middle end of the of the first round. Um, so this is definitely a spot where you definitely you know you see some linebackers go, and a lot of that, of course, is because the value of quarterback uh, of of left tackle, you know, those things get pushed up. So you got a lot of, you know, the, the fourth quarterback taken in the first round is not the the ninth best player in the NFL or the, or the 11th best player, right. But quarterback's so important that they get pushed up. And then, you know, the, um, the consequence of that is that there's so much value that falls down to the teams that are in, you know, the spots that we're in, uh, finally, which is awesome. But, um, but yeah, so I, if they, I would say that if the, if they grade one of the linebackers and I was just looking them up. So like Micah Parsons, I, I can't imagine he'll still be on the board. Um, but, the Notre Dame kid, Owusu Koromoa, um, like if or Zayvon Collins, if they are grading those guys as coverage guys, like they like the way those linebackers play in space and can tackle, and also like they can, you know, you can zone up or even maybe man up a linebacker. I mean, a running back. Um, then maybe, then maybe they do take one there. I think that would be the only way. Like, this is not a team that like like bj goodson type guys that like that's not someone they're going after in the draft right like the the thumpers that are just you know would be all pros in 1995 like those guys you, you know they're they have a place on probably uh Pete carroll probably loves those guys still you know there's probably a couple coaches in the nfl that are like oh that guy's a thumper i love him but andrew barry like they're not they're not prioritizing guys like that so you know if you're gonna if they're gonna grade out some of these linebackers even nick bolton from missouri um, that are coverage guys, then that's where you might be. Uh, you, you could see the Browns take a stab at one of those guys at 26. Um, I, I would imagine that they're going to solve the edge problem in free agency. I, and we've talked a lot about Von Miller, obviously, and then maybe, maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't, but, um, but regardless, I just have a feeling that they're going to, you're going to, you'll know who's going to play opposite of miles Garrett by the end of free agency. Um, whereas cornerback, if, if they're nervous about greedy, then there's a lot, a huge need there. There's, there's a second starter, there's depth concerns. There's a slot corner. Like, you know, Kevin Johnson was asked to do a whole hell of a lot last year. And, you know, when they put him on the outside, he really, you know, he struggled because, and that's not really his position. So, uh, maybe they, you know, maybe that's even a, a concern. Maybe Johnson walks and they even need somebody to, to, um, you know, to play slot corner. So, so I would guess that you'd see if it's not a coverage linebacker, I would say you'd probably see corner or safety, uh, be the, uh, the draft pick at 26. Again, we'll get into the, um, uh, you know, grading the, uh, positions, uh, the prospects in the draft coming up here. So hopefully we'll have a better answer for you down the road. But yeah, as of now, I would say that, uh, you, if it's not a coverage linebacker, then yeah, I would say you're going to see a secondary player get taken at 26. So, yeah, I, 
completely agree. And I think I'm not going to add any more on to that because I already said my piece. I wrote an entire Declaration of Independence and Constitution on it already. <laughs> so uh, Jake, Jake at Walter House, Jake, uh, he, he says, in your guys' opinion, buddy. should Barry and co. prioritize building the defense through free agency or the draft more? First yeah. of all, go give another, Jake another a great follow. Question. Especially if you're into NBA stuff, he hosts across the NBA draft. But more importantly, just tweets out awesome tidbits about draft, about prospects or just whatever is going on in the NBA. Except for he's a Bucks fan, which bandwagon. I would never, um, I would never what? bandwagon an NBA team. So we we wanted to end on this question because it kind of uh, summarizes everything that we've talked about, like how you know whether or not they should do it through free agency or do it through the okay. draft and i think it's totally and 100 percent dependent on position and where you're fall- where guys are falling like i think they're gonna let yep. the draft fall to them and also more importantly how cheap are they going to be able to get guys in free agency i think i i i would argue that right now andrew barry um, and whoever else is talking with him, you know, they, they probably have such a big staff that talks over all these players every day until the draft right now in free agency. How cheap can we get these guys on defense that we see from an analytical standpoint are showing stats. They are just not getting recognition. So because of that, they're going to get paid less. <laughs> so Andrew Barry is just saying, how can we find the cheapest guys that are going to Provide for us. I mean, it's a really simple equation, but people don't like teams don't do this. This is why teams fail. This is why teams get good and then they drop off like a terrible drop off. It's what the what the Texans just did. They were gifted with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and had one of the best edge rushers in the NFL and the best receiver in the NFL. And they made bad move after bad mm-hmm. move. They weren't smart. They were not. They didn't make calculated risks. They just took risks. And John and I t- say calculated risk on this show all the time because it's exactly what the NFL is, it's exactly what the draft is, and it's what free agency is. At least with free agency, you've seen these guys play in the NFL. Now, mm-hmm. how they shift uh, to different teams and different systems is a whole other story. Right. Yep, great point. But I would say in the free agency, they will target – some they they will address the defensive line in some manner, whether it's some guy that not probably going to make a difference, but they're going to build some depth to it. And we forgot to right. talk about this. Curtis Weaver, ex- when ah. I wanted to talk about this with Greedy and Grant, Curtis Weaver is going to come in and he is going to make a difference. That's just my that's my gut call. You watch him in college, one of the best defensive ends in the nation. Went to the combine, tested terribly. Boise State. Boise State. Yep, he was PFF's like twenty third overall player in the draft last year. Right, I remember. I remember. He tested terrible in the combine, which automatically means he's not going to be able to play in the NFL, as we know, because we've seen guys like DK Metcalf and Rashard Higgins do terrible at the combine. Like, so those guys suck. Now we know that. Um, so Curtis Weaver's going to come in and suck. No, like Curtis Weaver can play. He just doesn't have the athleticism that jumps off the screen at you he's very boring player is the opposite of what miles garrett is but 
Um, so I expect Curtis Weaver to help in some capacity next year. But they're going to have to address the defensive line in some some way in free agency. I really hope it's with Von Miller. I really do. I know it's like the big signing, ha 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 ha. But he's extremely talented, extremely elite athlete. Um, and his injury he's coming off of is not a severe one, and he's had a full year of rest for his body. I love that. The draft, true. I think they're just going to go for speed. After a certain round, three or four, talent starts to really diminish. Like From rounds three to seven, the drop-off is like picture an ocean, uh, like the deepest part of the ocean. It's like, okay, this is decent. Talent's decent. As soon as the fourth mm-hmm. round's hit, fourth round hits it's like it's literally it's finding trench. needle in a hair needle in a haystack you you just don't find nfl players there you find you can find some guys if you draft right you draft the athletic mm-hmm. profile that fits you can find really good gunners that are going to play for five or six years and help you have a top 10 special teams all year you'll find rotational slot cornerbacks that will just come in and give you a few snaps here and there and they're fast enough they can keep up with guys. Whatever it might be, like speed is what they're going to need to target in the draft later on. I think you kind of go the Tampa Bay Bucks approach, not because they won the Super Bowl. It's uh, if, if someone wins the Super Bowl, you don't want to just mimic what they did because the rest of the league is mimicking <laughs> on how to stop that. But what they did was they threw a bunch of draft picks at fast cornerbacks saying like, one of these have to hit. And we're smart enough to know we're not going to hit on all of our draft picks. It's impossible. I mean, I would say last year, what Andrew Barry did, if Jordan Elliott and Grant Delpit can perform, like that'll be one of the drafts where you're like, this is a this is one that just doesn't happen. But so far, you have yeah. one player in that draft that has really shined his light, and that's Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, really after I just said you can't find players after the third round. And it's the sixth round, man. I, t- I swear to God. I was just thinking of like Antonio uh, Brown and, and Tom Brady, and I'm just like, it's so funny. Peoples-Jones, another sixth round pick. Yeah. Um, and, and Harrison Bryant, too. He played well for a rookie. Oh, uh, gosh, a really yeah. Tough yeah, position. yeah. Okay. So Harrison Bryant I, played I well. He deserves he deserves credit. He's not as good as Dave. I'm just kidding. Harrison Bryant played well, and da- John said it, the hardest position in the NFL. The peak age in tight end is, I think, like 27. Yeah, 28, 20. It's it's just before you hit 30. It's amazing. Yeah, I think it's like 27 and a half to 29 and a half is like that. That's the year. Those are the those are the years because it's the hardest position to master in the NFL. Right. You have to do so many things. Um, right. So, I yeah, last year, Andrew Barry did a very good job. And but. They kind of did address the speed thing. Like in the later rounds, Jacob Phillips, you definitely didn't draft him for like his coverage ability or anything. You got him for his speed and strength and athleticism. Kind of <clears throat> kind of like what Devin White is, just Devin White has very natural coverage ability and very natural on-field instincts that you can't teach. Got Donovan Peoples-Jones, just an absolute freaking nature athlete. You got Nick Harris, who was just very good athlete. Um, so... They did take that approach, and I do think, mm-hmm. but that's that's what you need to do. That's what fourth through seven rounds are. And I'm not some, I'm not just like making this up. This is what the actual experts are saying all the time. Like, you right. watch the combine or however you, they're going to do it. You, oh, that guy had a four four forty as a linebacker. No combine this year. Let's let's take a flyer on him. Like, let's get a heat seeking mm-hmm. missile on our punt return team. Like, so that's how that's how I think it'll go. 
Um, I would venture to say that the draft will actually have a lot more offense in it than people think. I think there will be... Oh, I know there will be a wide receiver taken. Depending on how they... A lot is going to be said about how they attack the draft with future. But I think offensive line will get taken at some point. Because mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, if I'm Stefanski and Barry, you might swallow a pick where you could take another defensive back in this fifth or sixth round. Or you could say, hey, we have Bill Callahan for we don't know how many more years. So let's get let's let him pick an offensive lineman for us. Maybe mold him in, send you know one of these expensive guys out. So there's so many th- ways this way this draft could go. How whatever we say, it's not going to go that way because there are uh, there's an unlimited amount of possibilities. But John, what's your what's your take on that question? Yeah, I, I really um, I don't have much to add. To be honest with you, I think you nailed it with the uh, the you know first of all they let they're going to let the draft come to them. So. You know, there's not they're not reaching. They're not sitting down thinking we're taking this position at 26, no matter what happens. Like you obviously need to see, um, you know, and, and we've this is something that we're going to mention over and over again throughout this process. But like, let's not forget, like the you know, the uh, the Packers traded up to 26. You know, we have the spot where Jordan Love went last year. Right. So you're also in a position where you might you're going to get some offers probably from second round teams who want to jump back into the first to get a fifth year option on a quarterback you know, Kyle Trask is still around or Mac Jones or something, you know what I mean? Something like that. So, um, and if somebody's wants, you know, if they're, I mean, I, you, you almost have to say yes to all any of those offers. Cause you're going to get something great for, to have somebody jump, you know, from like 36 or 37 back into the first round. Like that's going to be a, you know, you're going to get a real nice offer there. So, but, um, but yeah, like, I just, I think that you did a great job with it. Like just saying, you know, they're the, a, they're going to let things come to them. B like you're, um, you're going to prioritize like just the, the players that you um, I, I guess the dominoes, you know, like the opposite of the NBA. I always think, I always, I always think it's so backwards how the, like the NBA has the uh, draft uh, and then free agency. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, the NFL does the opposite where you're going to see the, all the free agents first and then you build through the draft after. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it'd be real interesting. Like maybe they have a, you know, let's call it a big board of free agents. Um and they're, you know, they've got uh, a few different guys at a few different positions on defense, key spots, safety corner, linebacker. Um, and maybe they end up getting three or four of the guys, even if they're not like big name guys. Let's say they just end up landing the three or four guys that they really wanted uh, and saved, you know, some money on, you know, the, like signings like like Billings last year where you're like, oh, that was nice. OK, like they got a solid player, but they, you know, this wasn't like a the second that, you know, the at 12.01 p.m., you know, on, when on the league new year, like January 1st for the NFL, you know, the first signing, you know, that the, whoever, whatever team's going to throw big money at whichever free agent, you know, Allen Robinson's going to, you know, like that'll be released in that moment. And maybe Kenny Galladay or some of the bigger name guys. But so let's say they do end up landing a few of those, you know, value guys that they really like, um, you know, like that tells you that's the game plan, right? Like now they've got, they landed, you know, positions X, Y, and Z, and now they're going to go, you know, the, we know that they'll try to, you know, probably focus on uh, the rest in the draft. Um, And then, like you said, I think the other uh, thing to highlight that you said was, you know, they're going to pick offensive players. Like, and I, I think I keep thinking in my own head, I like, I don't think they're going to take seven or eight defensive players and not select one single offense, but, but like, 
the focus has been on defense, right? We keep thinking they have to get, they have to improve their defense, right? The offense wasn't the problem last year. It was the defense. They, they were so injured and they were so bad. And, you know, Joseph and Sandejo underperformed and Kevin Johnson and all these other players, like it's just defense, defense, defense. But, you know, that's not going to be the case. Like they're, they are going to, you know, they're going to have to look at, uh, you know, having depth on the offensive line and perhaps another receiver, like you said, and, you know, and maybe who knows, maybe a third running back at some point if they find a, you know, a fifth round guy that they really like. Um, so, you know, you're right. Like they are going to look at some offensive players as well. But um, but yeah, I just I think the the bottom line is, you know, we uh, will see kind of, um, you know, who they let walk, uh, who they focus on in free agency. And then that's going to tell us, OK, they're probably going to lean towards these positions in the draft and then you know, hope that your, your injured guys can come back, um, the following year and you've got a more complete solid team. So, um, we're just going to have to wait and see, and I can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. That's for sure. This is definitely, uh, this is easily the most exciting Browns off season in my entire lifetime for sure. So all 79 years of it. So (laughs) (laughs) your lifetime or the Browns lifetime. Oh, mine Browns. It's the, we were actually born the same year, so it's uh, yeah, it it's perfect. Sense. So we're yeah. both 1946ers. So there you go. Yeah, I knew something. No, 46, right? Yeah, because this is 75 years, right? E- is it? Is this 75 years? I thought last year was 70. I, I thought, thought this like this season was 75. Next is going to be 76. Oh, okay. One of the two. I knew it was. I think, or maybe just 2021 in general. Maybe 2021 maybe in that's general. It. It is because it is forty six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So okay. Well, yeah. um, yeah. I think I don't really have anything more to touch on. I know we didn't touch on Richard Sherman. I just said touch twice like that. I don't. That was terrible broadcasting by me. Fired. Um, I know we didn't touch. I, I know we didn't hit on Richard Sherman. That sounds weird too. I'm done. Richard <laughs> Sherman was not brought up on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know we didn't slide into Richard's DMs, and that's that. That's I'm really sliding in right that's now. A real, oh, that's a Richard real Sherman. If you guys want to actually really um, further your football knowledge, go listen to Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman. They brought on Xavier and Howard. It is one of the best things I've ever listened to in my life. Two of the smartest guys in the NFL. Two of the, I mean. Obviously, it's early for to say this about Howard, but like he's ranking up to be one of the best that's done it. If he can keep at this trajectory, obviously Richard is one of the best that's ever done it, and it's really cool to listen to them talk about the uh, intricacies of playing the NFL cornerback and all this. Like it was just, it was amazing. Chris Collinsworth didn't even talk. He even said, I- "I'm just gonna let you guys mm-hmm. do your thing." So it's really great. Listen, go listen to that. But Sherman, yeah. I-, I-, I I've been saying it on Twitter. Speed is super important, but if somebody's going to tell me to my face, Richard Sherman's not worth getting at a reasonable price, obviously, which I would say reasonable price for Richard Sherman is $10 million or less because of what he brings to you. Speed is, in, speed is very important, but ability is more important than speed at some point. Like, Richard Sherman's not going to go out there. He's not running around like a defensive lineman. He can still move, and he's one of the best zone corners the NFL has ever seen, ever. And if you have Richard Sherman, it gives you the ability to match with Denzel Ward and one side of the field's playing zone. Like the the amount of different looks you can throw at a defense, the look at your your quarter your your division 
are against super young quarterbacks who don't do well against different coverage. Like if you're showing Joe Burrow one thing and you run the other, he's not gonna he's not gonna perform well. And that's not because Joe Burrow is bad at it. It's because no quarterback's good at it until you're 40 years old, like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. No, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is the exception to pretty much every rule the NFL has ever had. But young quarterbacks can't adjust to that stuff. So Richard Sherman, what he brings you is limitless. I know he is limited to more of that zone. He plays on the left side of the field. But the rest of the field is just, oh, my gosh. And what he could bring you. I know. He's thirty. He's going to be 33 in a month and a half. Oh, it would have to be a one-year deal. And he won't do that. It would have to be a one-year deal for, like, $2 million or something. He's not signing for that. So he'll right. go somewhere and else. And he's his own agent. I mean, he did yep. tweet that he, so. you know was interested but and he likes yeah. joe woods I, I i know it probably it almost guaranteed will not happen but i want people to realize it's not the speed that's going to stop him from being good. Like, right. he's going to go somewhere next year and probably be very good still so right yeah it's his it's his knowledge and understanding of the what oh the offense is gosh. trying to do and how he can beat that like that's where his value lies so um let me ask you this before we go real quick so the uh, you know, like I mentioned before, uh, there are so many safeties that are free agents this year. Like just it seems like every team, you know, has, has got like a, a 25 to 27 year old safety that's going to be a free agent. And, you know, I can go first if you need a second to think about this. But like if, if just cruising through this list, like Justin Simmons is obviously available, which I mean, that's insane. Anthony Harris, a guy that we talked about last year. You know, maybe Minnesota is going to let him go. and We could sign him. Now, he's 29. So, you know, maybe that's not the greatest thing in the world. But um, but like a guy like Marcus Williams um, is, you know, 24 years old. And, this, you know, the he's going to be available from the Saints, a team that can't keep anyone anyways. Uh, there's, the, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, obviously, is the one of the corners for the Saints, who is going to be a cap casualty, most likely, and uh, might end up, you know, he didn't he hasn't been really great since his rookie year. So maybe you could get him cheaply if it's a trade. I'm not really sure, but I guess we'll see. Marcus May is available, 27 years old, basically. Um, but one of the low-key guys, just to throw something fun out, that I would absolutely – like if I'm the Browns, my priority would be Keanu Neal, 100%. Ooh. Like, So he's 25 and a half years old. Um, Seems you know, like he's been in the league injury, for 10 years. I know. It, it, it's weird. Uh he, you know, the two injury riddled seasons in 18 and 19, he played like what 37 snaps in 18 and then 166 in 2019. So, um, but like, this is a, like, this is a box safety that like, like what I th- was hoping the Carl Joseph signing would be last year. Like that's what this signing would be this year. Keanu Neal. Um, this is somebody who not only can play the run extremely well, right? So you've got somebody close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, and he's not, you know, when they have to play too deep or and drop him back, he's not like a liability or anything. He's fine. He's just he's more comfortable as a, you know, as a box safety. Um, not only does he play the run well, but like this, he can cover like he can he can cover man to man. He can cover zone like he's not a guy that's like a he, he's not a, a zero anywhere. Like he does just basically everything really, really well. And he's a young guy, again, who's had some injury riddled seasons. But 2020, he was healthy and. What did PFF have him? The 33rd safety out of 94. So, you know, he made strides, obviously. Um, but, like, just a just a guy that can do everything. And to be honest with you, like, thinking about having to face uh, the Ravens offense, right? Like, that, this is where a guy like Keanu Neal, like, it would be so monumentally important, such such a huge value. 
to have a player like that where you're like, look, we can match you, you know, we can outnumber you in the box and and make it hurt, right? Or have the same number, like, you know, not be plus one necessarily and still have it hurt because a guy like Neil is somebody that is uh, sound, like when it comes to, um, you know, run fits, concepts, like he's not someone who's going to get fooled by a bunch of stuff. He's not, you know, running all over the field trying to figure out who the hell to cover or what zone to be in, you know, what depth at which depth to drop. Like, this is a guy I, I liked him in college. I, I was, you know, when Atlanta, uh, Atlanta drafted him, I was like, damn it, that would have been a cool guy for the Browns to get. And and now that he's available, that would be like he's at the top of my list. And they have him like PFF has him ranked as like the 70th best available free agent. Like this is a guy that's easily attainable at a, at a decent cost and would instantly improve the secondary, regardless of Delpit or anybody else's, um, you know, health. If they come back like this is somebody that you can add in instantly and just you're you're just better. You're a better defense. So yeah. I just wanted to bring up, you know, Neil. But anybody Andrew, like that for you? Um I oh, sorry, go ahead. You're fine. I'd say safety wise, not really. Um the, okay. I, all the safeties I really love are going to cost money. Um Simmons. Right. May. But counting new is interesting because obviously the injuries might make him more affordable. And right. most importantly, he's not Grant Delpit. They're pretty much like they play so well diametrically opposed that's the free safety strong safety combination that you don't need in the nfl but you you know you're playing against mobile quarterbacks like burrow and um jackson four times a year like you need to start thinking about how do you stop the moving quarterback you're in a uh you have josh allen and your on your side of the NFL, you have Deshaun Watson yep. for now, and it still might be. Um, so, uh, and we play them next year. We play Houston. Yeah, and the NFL is just going to keep getting more mobile. So, having a guy like Keanu Neal who can do so much on the football field, like it's this is not to the same extent, but like I'm seeing today on Twitter that Dak Prescott is not that good, and that like they need to go get Deshaun Watson, like. <sighs> Dak Prescott's better than Josh Allen. I, I don't I don't get it. There's no there's no <laughs> metric. There's no nothing. There is absolutely zero reason you should think Josh Allen is better than Dak Prescott. Is it because he's 6'6 and can run? Yeah, it's super fun to watch. He's a powerhouse. He is a NFL fullback or tight end playing quarterback. Like <laughs> Dak Prescott's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I would say he's really close to inching top five. You know, if you take out Brady's, like, what he can do in the postseason, talent-wise, Dak Prescott right now is more talented than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's starting to show signs of slowing down, arm talent, uh, yeah. just his like foot if you, speed. If like, the question were, you got to start your franchise, who you take in? Like, you're not you're not taking Brady. Like, you know what I mean? Right. He's 43. Like, right. you, you have to start with younger guys. That makes yeah. sense. You can still do, like, the Aaron Rodgers because you kind of do, like, the LeBron James thing. Like, where Rodgers goes, you're a contender where... But obviously not when you play on the Packers and they've done a terrible job building around you. My whole point about this was Keanu Neal is going to have that injury effect. Like, oh, we have we just haven't seen Keanu Neal like he was in college. He's torn ACL. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what else has happened to him. So it's like, give me the breadcrumbs. Pay him. I don't, I don't What What does PFF have him as getting a year? I think it, it was, uh, they have a, Two years, five million average. Six oh my guaranteed, ten gosh! Million. I would I mean, go up to seven or eight million average. Right, that's what I was thinking too. 
Yeah, and you yep. just simple. Guarantee him a lower rate and say incentives. If you play, we pay. Yep. You play, we pay. Not like if you sit out. Yep. It's just if you stay healthy, which obviously yeah. you're not going to incentivize someone to like, oh, I'm not going to tear my ACL now. But you get the point. Like you stay healthy, you treat your body right. There is a way to help be preventative in those areas, but you can't sure. stop it. Obviously, I like Keanu Neal a lot. I uh, I guess that's one that would be a lot more affordable. Players like John Johnson and Marcus May are that, definitely pipe dreams, but. Johnny PF, Johnson would be another one too. PFF has him right. getting twelve million a year by the Rams, which I don't know how that's going to work, but whatever. I there's so many yep. ways the Browns can better themselves. This this the Browns will come out of the drafts because the free agency will happen. Real contenders. John was just telling me they are plus two hundred right now, Super Bowl favorites, or plus two thousand. Uh, no. 2000 yeah i think but they were like the seventh highest team like the, of all the odds they were like the seventh. i'm telling you, know, you best i would take that plus 2000 now i'm not saying go put 50 grand on it but like obj is not not healthy right now he'll if if he stays on the browns he'll be back mid-season fine like he'll be back mid-season he'll have had a full year and a half to like he can still learn Stefanski's offense without being out there running routes every day so that's huge Mm -hmm. Baker will be more comfortable in this offense Baker can play more comfortable with Odell so they're going to be real contenders next year I mean they really are they're they're going to be AFC North favorites they're going to be behind the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC and the NFC is it's getting I'm not going to say it's getting weaker but like the Buccaneers are not going to be able to play like this next year. I don't. There's no way they're going to retain everyone. Defenses don't ever repeat three years in a row unless you're Bill Belichick. They could. They could change history, but especially if Todd Bowles goes, it's it's not going to stay that good. Yeah. Um, the Packers, obviously, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but terrible, terrible, terrible GM and just front office in general. Just getting them. Getting Aaron what he what he needs. Uh, Seahawks they can't protect Russell Wilson. I know he plays a style where he holds on to the ball a lot and he makes spectacular plays. All that being said, he still needs an offensive line. Like it would be nice to have an offensive line. So you know I'm yeah. not really worried about Seahawks. So who do you start worrying about? It's it's this is when the Browns need to win now. Like they need to try to win now. I think yep. they're going to come out of the. I think they're going to come out of the draft real contenders. Um, yep. It'll all honestly put all the pressure on them. But then can Baker play better than these quarterbacks in the playoffs? That's what's going to come down to because our defense is not going to be elite unless we do go get a Von Miller and we do hit a, a draft a corner that hits right away. It's just less likely. Yep. So, the, yeah. What I'll wrap it up with is this. The best news is that you, like, if, if Stefanski continued to bring that offense along, right – and you you can continue you stay healthy on the offensive line. You know you already have one of the better you know one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Baker finished the season on a, on a, an incredible tear, such a huge improvement, right? From game like six on, he was just you know really really just excellent. Looked like the guy that we saw in his rookie year. Looked like the guy at Oklahoma. Just like this is this is it. That's our guy. Um, you know you've got uh, Beckham coming back healthy. You already have Landry's been, you know, such a huge part. The tight ends are great. You, you would, um, you know, Hunt and and uh, uh, Nick Chubb. Like, you you the offense is 
fantastic. And if they can continue to, you know, just improve slightly, just just get better, you know, gel, you know, within the the concept, within the 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 construct of Stefanski's offense, then you just need the defense to be like league average, yeah. right? Like we, you just need them. They, they don't have to be elite. They just can't be like this black hole where you're like, if we score 45, like, you know, the other team might score 48. Like we have to, you know, we got to keep scoring, you know, and that's what we saw all this year. I mean, there's, you know, tons of games and obviously, you know, they're up big on Dallas. Dallas came back up big on Tennessee. Tennessee came back and granted they won those games and that's great. But, but like a league average defense, you, you know, you're resting starters in the fourth quarter because those comebacks aren't a thing anymore. And so that's that's all you need. And through free agency, through the draft, that this is easily attainable. I mean, hell, if the guys, you know, between Delpit, Williams and Billings, like you might have three guys that didn't give you anything last year that could instantly contribute and make you just a little bit better, you know, already inching towards league average. And if that continues, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit. Um, so offense, keep doing what you're doing. Defense, just get just get back to even. And and that might be all you need to win the division to you know, host a playoff game, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So very, very exciting. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I completely can't agree. wait to see what they do. I, I know. I'm so excited. And, Ugh. you know, I, we're, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to, what, to do what we did last year for the draft because I might be in Cleveland for the draft. I don't know how all that's going to work, but either way, I'm excited. Well, you, you're asked. Hold on. You will be in Cleveland for the draft. You are absolutely, there's I know. no chance. As long as there's not another spike, uh, I you get, if there's another spike, I uh, listen. You got your vaccine. You put a mask on. You know we'll mask up. It'll all be good. You know. It's, you I'm not worried it, you about. You get in the bus. You drive your ass to Cleveland and let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I've heard rumors that it might be done at First Energy Stadium. Those rumors coming from someone who, my friend that works at Key Bank Arena, where they were going to hold it, and they held the NBA All Star stuff, MLB All Star stuff. He said his boss, as far as he knows, it's just going to be held at First Energy Stadium, which would be cool. Okay. That would be really cool. Sure. Set up the inside, show off some of the Cleveland, and uh, do your weird things yep. where you send the camera across the nation having kids announce draft picks and just kind of make it a little weird. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, this is our longest episode we've done in a long time. You got anything you want to end with? Wow. No, just the, uh, I mean, you know, we folks, like, the, like we said at the beginning, the defense is going to be the focal point of this, you know, of all the fans, everybody looking at, you know, how are they going to get better? How are they going to improve? You know, it was such a, such a huge issue in so many, uh, game situations, everything last year, uh, this past year that, you know, I mean, we, you know, we talked about doing this one a couple of days ago, but it didn't line up. And I just was like, look, I need to do more research because this, you know, the defense, uh, they're going to focus on it in free agency in the draft and they're going to have to get it right in order to improve. Um, so, you know, I mean, yes, it took a little longer today, but this was something we definitely wanted to really, you know, dive into and, and not just, you know, gloss over and give you a 20 minute pod where we, we really didn't, you know, say anything. So, and plus we got like tons of great listener questions. So that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so everybody that sent them in, thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, no, I'm just nothing else. I'm just really excited, man. I can't wait for free agency. Can't wait for the draft. Can't wait to dive into the prospects and, you know, get those, uh, shows out to, uh, to the, uh, audience as well. So let's, uh, I'm excited. Yep. Me too. And, uh, yeah, with that, I'm going to sign off and everyone stay safe out there and go Browns. Awesome. Go Browns.